your view of the world is is uh, you, you always look through a stained glass window, and that stained glass window consists of the resistance that you have created in your life through your experiences of moments that you know, we could call them trauma. Um, really, they're just moments that occurred where you were unwilling to experience something. And because you were unwilling to experience whatever that was, you created a way of surviving it. That meant that you could kind of keep your distance from us. <laughs> Those resistances that are created, they, they, if, if that happened when you were five or 10, it stays with you. And, and unless you actually understand how it works and, and how to handle it, it, it will continue to affect you. What I learned from the research team was I had a lot of that. <laughs> now sit back and relax while we take a deep dive and be inspired to take action on improving your business. Here's your host, Stephen Sandor. Welcome to the Inspiring Business Podcast where we inspire business owners to focus on their genius so they can inspire and lead their business to success and a balanced life. My guest today is Mike Irving, who is the head of the Western Australian-based Advanced Business Abilities. As you'll hear from Mike's accent, he's originally from the States, but has been in Australia for nearly 24 years now and has made Perth his home. Mike's created a wonderful business and lifestyle by helping business owners unblock their path to success. And we'll unpack that over the next 30 minutes. Mike's philosophy is he believes that by helping others to get what they want, there is a returning benefit. It's that go-giver attitude. Mike, I want to thank you so much for being my guest today on, and welcome to Inspiring Business. Stephen, Mike, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Happy to have a chat. The first question I I ask everybody is I'm curious uh, as to when did you think that you were going to be an entrepreneur or you had that entrepreneurial skill and um, how did it start for you? Uh, look, it, it's a really interesting question. I've, I've actually never had a job other than when I was sort of 15 working in a really good friend's family business. as a They, they were an Italian catering company and I helped out in the kitchen. So, um, so you're unemployable. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I, um, when I was... Um, when I was 18, I left the university. Uh, I went and studied, and then I found myself in Sydney uh, in 1997. I was meant to be in Australia for six months, and then go back and finish my degree in biology, and then go and you know get a real job and and start a normal life and a normal career. And at the end of six months, I decided I wanted to stay. So my career really started in Sydney, uh, going door to door and business to business, doing sales, working on commission only. And, um, and I quickly realized that the harder I worked, the more I could earn and the more I could achieve. And, and so that for me was it. It was, there was really never going to be a chance that I, that I would go back to working or that I would go and work for a salary. Uh, 18 months after starting in sales, I went and incorporated my first company. So 22 years old, uh, managing director and thought I was uh, all sorts of important. Little did I know, I actually had no idea what I was doing at the time. But that's another story. So what were the lessons that you learned from that period? Because, you know, um, mistakes are just decisions that we made without enough information. So what were the what were the things that you learned then that you could reflect back on now? Look, er- early stages, what I wish I had known then was that I didn't know anywhere near as much as what I thought I knew. Um, I was always a person, I, I still am a person who wants to develop myself. 
I, I think I am only a portion of what I can become. So I, I've always read lots of books and I, I was interested in getting help to support me. I, I wish that I had, I wish that I'd found what I know now in 1997. I wish I could have known this back then. I, I would be so much further ahead. Um, <laughs> I think my main mistakes were just not being, not, not having enough confidence in, and certainty in what my values were, what, what my rules of engagement were in life and in business. I, I, I don't know that it's easy to get that when you're 21, because when you're 21, you think you know it all. But I, I certainly made a lot of mistakes and a lot of errors in my management and handling of, of people, understanding where the the lines are in, in managing your team and developing your team, how much importance you place on what you want versus what's going to be best for everybody. Uh, I've made plenty of errors in those areas, so there's, there's plenty of learnings there. There's usually a couple of um, you know key points. I don't want to say cathartic moments, but but moments in your in that journey where you have this aha moment. Were there any of those for you? Yeah, yeah, there were quite a few. The The main one that springs to mind is, so the closer I got to 30, but I, I had a target that by 30 I was going to be retired and, you know, sipping margaritas on a beach in Waikiki or somewhere. And the closer I got to 30, the further away retirement was. It, was, it just seemed like it was going to be an impossibility to achieve that. And... I'd been running my business for almost 10 years and I found myself really unhappy despite the fact that I had houses and money and motorbikes and cars. I, I was really disillusioned. I, I, I couldn't believe how unsatisfied I felt. And I remember a particular, there was two moments in particular. One moment was a moment where I finished a conversation with a, a person in my office, in my business. And in quickly reflecting on that conversation, I recognized that every single thing that I had said to that person, I had said for my own benefit. Every single thing I had communicated to them had an angle that was around my benefit, not theirs. And that really crushed me. Uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't happy with the person that I, in that moment, saw that I had become. And I also then quickly had a review of the last two, three weeks before that and realized that almost every single conversation I'd had was in the same light. Of course. And yeah. that hurt. That really crushed me. It really, it really caused me to realize that I was, I was often acting in a way that wasn't aligned with my... Uh, internal view of what I wanted my character to be. So uh, that that crushed me, which then also led me to a point of being really upset with myself and really down on myself and wondering what I was doing and where I was going and, and wondering who to go and talk to in order to actually solve the problems that I felt I was having. Another, another moment, because it was about a month later, I, I used to run a morning meeting, a, a sales meeting, motivational, get excited, let's go out and write a heap of sales. I would do that every morning. And so my team would leave the office afterwards and normally I would go and 
uh, I would go out to reception and prepare to conduct the admin of the day and conduct interviews and that sort of thing. And on this particular morning, I ran my, my motivational morning meeting and the sales team left. And instead of going out into reception, I actually went and hid in the parking lot because I just felt so terrible. Um, I, actually, I actually started to cry and I didn't know why. I, I couldn't understand emotionally what was happening for me. Um, that was a real turning point. Uh, that that was a point at which I realized, okay, hold on, I've gone really wrong somewhere and I require some help. I, I don't know what to do here. I don't know how to change this. Um, it wasn't long after that that I met the people that I now refer to as my research team in my current business. Uh, and in a six-month period of time, you know, they just helped me totally adjust my life and align myself with what was really important to me and, and the person I wanted to be. So those were a couple of significant moments. It's amazing, isn't it, when you have that self-awareness. And it's, that's a real challenge for a lot of people to, to actually be vulnerable enough to feel as though that they can ask for help. Um, and when you get to that moment, it's, it's, it's almost like there's a, an opening. Um, so, you know, you, you get rid of all of the clutter and you create this opening and a void. And then what you're, um, what you're looking for comes in and fills that void. But it's not until you actually have that where you, where you actually create that for yourself. And that's a, that's a really challenging um, mental state for a lot of business owners because they're very you know we're, as business owners there's a lot of mechanical stuff that we do so how did you progress from that what was you met this group of people so what was what what took you then what was the next part of that journey well the the feelings that were occurring um prior to meeting this group of people were debilitating that I was frozen in fear. I, I had so much uncertainty and I, and the, the way that I just, I still remember it now describing the feeling as though I've hit the wall again, you know, the yo-yo or the roller coaster of business. When those lows come, they really smash it. And I felt smashed. I'd, I'd hit the wall. I, I didn't know what to do nor who, who to turn to. And not only that, I'd, I'd, done so many things prior to attempt to solve the problem that didn't work, that I was just so skeptical. I, I, was, I was so worried about who can I trust? Who can I really trust to listen, to, to really give me their attention, to genuinely be interested and to not, you know, just be looking to get money for something that's actually not going to solve my problem. That was my biggest concern. You know, I'm, I feel I'm really fortunate because the team that I met, I still meet with them every week right now. Um, and to their credit, they really listened. They asked questions. They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't sit and attempt to pitch me on a solution. They, they sat and they listened. And then they listened even more. They instilled... Uh, what I feel are the good habits that I've developed now when when we support our clients because I really I, I knew that they cared 
And that shows as a result of the relationship because I still meet with them every week now. And that's 15 years down the track, right? That was 2006 that I met them. That's crazy. So it, yeah, it, it really is. The, the relationships that were formed there, uh, that were formed on the basis of trust, understanding, genuine interest, authenticity, uh, you know, no, no, no kind of fancy pictures. Just look, tell me what's really happening. How are you really feeling? And it was the first time in my life I had that. So it was really nice and refreshing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So with with your clients then, I mean, you've obviously got that empathy, I, I guess. You know, you've, you've, you've walked in their shoes, so you really understand the challenges that they are or ha are having. And maybe they're advanced, more advanced than where you were, or maybe they're behind. The experiences that you've had with with businesses, what do you think? How do you approach it? What, what's the what's the first steps that you take with with someone who's come to you for help? So, great question. Um, I think often when we want help with something, we will have our own opinions and perceptions of of what the problem is. We'll also have our own opinions and perceptions around what the solution is or what it could be or what it should be. If I use my experience back in 2006, the things that I thought were the problem, they weren't the problem at all. <laughs> the problem was something totally different. And um, what was fascinating about it was that, you know, the, the places I was looking for the, the source of the problem, they were the places that were easy to look. <laughs> right. Where the real problem was, wasn't easy to look. And it, it meant uh, it was necessary to have somebody else to be there and put my attention on that and really support me to confront it, which is exactly what we do. So I, I, don't, I don't like working with opinions, uh, neither mine nor the clients. So, you know, one of the members of my research team created a series of diagnostic tools, which I took for the first time in 2006. And these tools reveal from an attitude and a general competency point of view, what's the real source of the, the struggles and challenges you're having. The basic approach is that you create your own reality. So if there is something about your life or your business that is not exactly the way you would like it to be, the real source of the problem is going to be something about you. It's going to be your, your ideas or your attitudes, your reactions, your, your willingnesses, and also your resistances. So we use the diagnostic tool to make sure we get data. And that way we're not working with my opinion nor yours. We're working with data based on 40 years of research and double-blind testing methods and and 40 years of um, information about how really successful people respond to these. And it, it gives us a visual display that helps us identify and confirm with you that these are the things that are actually causing the problems. You mentioned resistance, because that's something that you, you, you spend a lot of time on in identifying that. Can you just explain that a little bit more in depth? Yeah. The, there's a quote that's often used that talks about, it was Einstein who, who said that you are a prisoner of your own mind. Well, that quote means a lot to me because the 
the prison that exists in your mind is self-created. It's self-created through your view of the world. And your view of the world is, is uh, you, you always look through a stained glass window. And that stained glass window consists of the resistance that you have created in your life through your experiences of moments that, you know, we could call them trauma. Um, really, they're just moments that occurred where you were unwilling to experience something. And because you were unwilling to experience whatever that was, you created a way of surviving it. That meant that you could kind of keep your distance from it. <laughs> Those resistances that are created, they, they, if, if that happened when you were five or 10, it stays with you. Yeah, and, and unless you actually understand how it works and, and how to handle it, it, it will continue to affect you. What I learned from the research team was I had a lot of that. <laughs> it was really important that I do the work to handle it. I don't think anybody could say, put their hand on their heart and say that they don't have that sort of stuff. And so it's that, um, again, you know, asking for help and being open to that whole conversation. So when you have those conversations with your clients, what's the what's the process that you have to to help them? It's there, there are there are a huge number of different processes that we use, and I, I think the main one, interestingly, the main one's actually written on the board on the on the paper behind me there. I can I can help somebody, but I can only help them with what they want help with. If, if they don't feel that something is important to inspect or look at, no amount of me telling them how important it is is actually going to work. So the approach that I tend to take is an approach of finding out what is it that has their attention and interest. And, and why? What is it that they're wanting to change or adjust there? And, you know, I might recommend an action that we can take in order to work towards changing or adjusting that. Are they in agreement with wanting to take that action? And that's, that's that ADAC system, attention, interest, desire, action, and commitment. Uh, that, that system originates from uh, ADA, attention, interest, desire, action, which is a marketing principle that was used to develop your ability to write an ad back in the day when your ad would appear in the newspaper and you wanted to write this ad in a way that would grab the attention and activate the interest of the person reading it at home so that they would actually have, have their desire activated enough that they'd be willing to take the action of getting off the couch, putting on their Sunday best and you know, taking the horse and cart into town to go and buy this fancy new machine called a dishwasher or whatever it was, right? We add the C on because really in a, in a selling process, selling is the act of effective communication towards action and commitment. Well, the thing is we're always selling. Selling is not just defined by selling a widget for money or selling a service for a reward of cash you're constantly selling and if you're in a coaching role if you're looking to support anybody to alter the way that they think even slightly 
what you're doing is communicating towards them taking an action that's in line with what they desire. And that involves them making a commitment. The result of that, from your point of view, you know, when you see someone go through and have that breakthrough, that must be a hugely satisfying, not, it's not value, but a, a hugely satisfying to you to see someone achieve that. It's the best part of what I do. Now, that that's worth more than any amount of money that that I will ever have a charge. Um, it's an intimate process, and it's a really rewarding, fulfilling process. And you know, it's not for everybody. Not everybody is willing or interested in going down that road. So we we have a way of making sure the people that we do engage with that they really understand that that's what we're going to do. And, and so therefore we work with the right people. Perfect. So Mike, what's the next phase for Mike Irving? Where are you taking you and the business? What are your, what are your plans? Yep. So, so we, we have just partnered up with a fantastic marketing and design agency. Uh, so we've just rebuilt our website. We are about to do our next level of launch of our online services that we're able to provide. Uh, we started that process two years ago, and you know, thankfully, when COVID hit, we were we were really well positioned. So that that has been a relief because uh, plenty of businesses were not. Um, but the next stage for us is is to continue growth. We've got plans in the future for. Uh, being able to train large numbers of coaches to be able to think with and operate with our methodology and systems and processes. In the meantime, we're going to continue to help one client at a time and and help that one client at a time change their world. I know uh, that the impact that you have had on on a, a number of people because I'm aware of those people. I know that it's that they're very grateful for the work that you do. So Mike, if someone wanted to take advantage of the services that you provide, what would be the easiest thing for them to do? Easy first step, if we keep it really simple, I'm happy to spend an hour with anybody who wants to talk. That hour is completely free of charge. And I would use that hour to understand and, and, and ask a lot of questions so that I can establish whether or not I'm able to put my hand on my heart and look myself in the mirror at the end of the day and know that if I told you I can help you, I was being really honest. So we, I'd be really happy to spend an hour and have a conversation and, and see if it feels like I could help you and you'd like to be helped by me. That's a huge and generous offer. Thanks very much. Mike, the final question for you is, what's the one thing that you're curious about at the moment? I think the answer to that question is actually the same answer that I would have given you 15 years ago. I, I am I am fascinated. I, I am completely enthralled with looking for the answers to a single question. And the single question that I look for answers for continuously is the question of how do I create my own reality? I've read, I've read so many books that tell me that I create my own reality, and yet none of those books can actually give you the equation. None of them can tell you, 
here are the steps. If, if you have this reality right now, that means that you're doing this, 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 and this. And if you want this reality over here instead, then what you want to do is stop doing these three things, start doing these five extra things, and over time and distance, you're going to get there. I, I think that what has allowed me to, to do what I do now and, and allowed me to learn how to help people create real permanent change is I still am enthralled by that. That still fascinates me. It still has my attention. And I, and I can't see necessarily getting to an end point with that because every person is different. Yeah, that's fantastic. So thanks very much again, Mike. Thank you for joining me here on Inspiring Business and a huge thank you again to Mike Irving from Advanced Business Abilities. If you'd like to hear more stories like Mike's, then all you have to do is subscribe and you'll never miss out. You'll also find the links, as I said, to Mike's website and to the key points in the show notes below. Thanks again, Mike. Really appreciate the time and, uh, and energy that you bring um, to my life. Uh, I want to thank you very much for that, but also to uh, the, the people around you. Right. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Really enjoyed it.